Hello and welcome to Let It Be, a podcast about less doing and more being. This is episode 25. conversation with a friend on Facebook a little while ago and we were talking about Arianna Huffington's book Thrive and how in it she mentions the important is it I hope that's her book. Just had a bad moment there. I was like, oh my God, I think maybe someone else wrote that book. No. Um, anyway, she mentions in the book about you know the importance of getting great sleep. And, you know, my friend mused to me, she's like, I wonder if Arianna Huffington actually gets good sleep or if she's like that um, productivity expert who tells you to only check your emails once a day, yet if you email them, you'll get an immediate reply. And um, that gave me a really bad moment when she'd said that because I was like, oh, my God, um, I am a bit of a productivity expert and I preach that you should only do certain things and do I... (laughs) Do people catch me out doing things that I tell them not to do? Um, and so, yeah, it got me. So it kind of got me examining my behaviour for like kind of the next little while. Going, oh, I can't do that because that's not in line with what I tell people to do, and I don't want to get caught out not doing what I tell people to do. And and they, and of course, I went a bit mental because you know, is this even a realistic thing? Like, is it possible to practice what you preach? all the time. And I, I can ask you this because I know that, you know, you have a podcast called the Slow Home Podcast and you write a blog about slow living. And I know quite often people will ask you, but are you, Brooke, is what you're doing right now, is that really slow living? So tell me, is it possible to practice what you preach all the time? <laughs> people ask me this all the time. <laughs> uh, weekly, like weekly, I would get emails wow. saying, um, you know, oh, it's like, you know, you talk about slow living and living intentionally, but it doesn't appear as if you're you're living a slow life because you've got all these things on. You've started a business, you run network, blah blah blah. Like, well, so first things first, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. don't see all my life, um, so you're not necessarily privy to how slow living looks in my day to day. You just see what I put out there. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's like I just want to get that out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's and slow living funny. looks different for everyone. Exactly. Just saying there's no exactly. manual. Like you can hashtag slow living if you would like. That's fine. But I'm not much of a neutral linen wearing kind of person. So, you know, <laughs> it looks different and I'm not much of a bread baker either. So, again, it looks different. <laughs> <laughs> but in short, I, I look, I think it's technically possible to practice what you preach all the time. But is it probable or enjoyable or realistic? No. I really don't think it is. And I know for me it's not. And I know for a lot of people who I know who have a similar kind of situation uh, that it's not for them either. And I think really that goes down to the idea of seasons in life. I have times that are hectic. I have times that are stressful. I have times where I fail to focus enough on the things that are important. Even though if you asked me about slow living, I would tell you that it's important to figure out what's what's really important in your life and focus on those things and live according to those things. There's times that I don't do that. And it's, it's much less than it used to be. And I think the key thing is that I'm aware of it and aware of the fact that I might have been doing some backsliding 
that's that to me is the key because you can see it you can say well this is happening because of x y and z what can i do to get back to where i want to be um yeah i think i think that's really really the most important thing because i think yeah if there's one thing that all humans are consistent with it's being inconsistent um we're consistent with our we're inconsistent with our values we're inconsistent with our beliefs with our behavior um and I think that the real difference lies in the people who are realizing that they're being inconsistent and the people who aren't. And I, I think that's to me, you know, I try to live intentionally. And to me that, you know, so I write a blog called A Lifeless Frantic. And to me, um, A Lifeless Frantic is reducing the amount of rushing around I do on a daily basis and, and just being intentional about how I go about my day. But is every single day like that it's not um and I guess it's just not realistic to expect it to be so although you know I'm my natural inclination is to catch myself out um being like that like being a bit frantic or being a bit rushed and go oh my god Kelly like you write a blog about this you you should be on top of this you should be better I have to kind of remind myself it's not about catching yourself out and telling yourself you, you know, you're hopeless and you can't believe you've fallen back into this pattern behavior. It's just more going, oh, okay, you're in this place again. You've caught it a bit earlier than you did like, you know, six months ago, two years ago. You know what to do to get out of it and then you take the steps to get out of it. But I think, like, I kind of think backsliding is kind of important. Yeah. Why do you say that? I think because... um if we don't backslide, then we're just being perfect and like, I don't know, I don't want to live a perfect life. I don't want to, I think if you don't backslide, it means that you're being uber, uber vigilant and all over yourself to make sure that you don't. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's a healthy headspace to exist in. I think the only, yeah, I think the only people that don't backslide ever are the ones that don't cut themselves any slack slack. yeah I agree with you yeah and don't aren't able to be kind to themselves yeah and I think in this idea of like consistency and and specifically for us in the idea of practicing what we preach all the time you know I think there's also an underlying layer of guilt that's really associated with it that I think we just need to let go of because it's undeniable to me that the things that I write about and talk about will help help people slow down it will help people tap into what's important it will help people overall live a life that's more intentional and more aligned with their values like that to me is is just the case that's why i've (laughs) pinned myself to this this you know this idea of slow living for so long um doesn't mean that we always do it you know we know that it's good to exercise every day and eat really well we know all that Mm. (laughs) sometimes chocolate just tastes really good and sometimes it's really nice (laughs) to sleep in and sometimes it's really nice to just watch movies all sunday and keep your pajamas on like i I think you're right there needs to be flexibility and like an ability to just let it go sometimes and go well you know tomorrow (laughs) yeah and i think the intentionalism intentional intentionalism I'm just going to use that word even though it's not a word um, <laughs> about about doing so I think there's real um I love kind of intentionally doing something that I know isn't kind of in line with what I preach 
So mm. every you know, so every so often I'll have a you know, I I preach eating well and I gave up sugar ages ago and all that stuff. But whenever I sit, I see you know, there's a cupcake or a piece of you know, it's a, someone's birthday and they offer me a piece of cake. Like there's one part of me that goes, oh no, you can't have that cake because you gave up sugar. And then there's the other part of me that goes, that looks really great. And it's not something I eat a lot, but damn well, I'm going to eat it now, and then I'm going to enjoy it. And there's a kind. Of, I think that might be a little bit of a, a rebel inside of me going. Every so often, I just do like to go. I think because I'm such a self-disciplined person, and I do hold myself to higher standards, and I stick to a certain level of behaviour. And every so often, it just feels really good to push back against that, and just not do what I expect of myself and what I think other people expect of me. If that makes any sense, it makes quite freeing. (laughs) Yeah, it makes heaps of sense. I'm not as self-disciplined as you. Like I'm probably more more rebellious than definitely more rebellious than you are. Brooke just walks around with her middle finger up at everybody's eyes. <laughs> yeah, I'm so hardcore. <laughs> just painting a picture. <laughs> Sorry. She doesn't. I'm lying. She, I do. She it's true. Uh, um, <laughs> Sorry. And I can't make friends. I don't know why. It's weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like, I think for me that there's, like, there is a fine line between um, – being inconsistent and going, yeah, screw you guys, I'm going to do this anyway, um, and and sort of slipping into self sabotage, which is something that I've been really good at for a long time. Like me too. You talk more about that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand. Like, so this is the thing. I think there's a, a absolute freedom and a loveliness in going. Yeah, yeah. No, this is my thing, and I do I do this. But now I'm going to go and do the opposite because I really genuinely want to enjoy it you know and I think that's awesome um I (laughs) sometimes tend to fall too heavily into the no no no, I'm just doing what I want even though it's yeah it's not good for me um what I am getting much better at is recognizing that behavior and knowing what to do to fix it (laughs) like I've just come I'm coming off the back of a couple of weeks of like a pretty horrible slip back into being depressed and really anxious and I the difference being even if that had have happened a couple of years ago I probably would have done quite a significant amount of wallowing <laughs> and now I was able to within about two or three days recognize what was going on and recognize that I was not making it any easier on myself I'd started mm. I wasn't getting enough sleep I wasn't exercising enough I was still Pardon me, I was meditating. It was at the beginning or the middle of the meditation experiment that we did on the Slow Home podcast. It was about halfway through that. So I was getting up and I was still meditating, but I had let my exercise slip. I'd let uh, my like my diet wasn't as good as it as it normally is. Like I hadn't I wasn't eating nearly as many veggies. Mm-hmm. Um and like I I knew all of those things and I could see the impact it was having and yet it's I it's, I kind of slipped into that wallowing pity party place and it I think the difference is that I can now recognize it and go I know you talk to the you know the four-year-old inside my head I know you don't want to eat this spinach but you're going to (laughs) I know you don't want to go to bed at 8 30 but you're going to yeah it's interesting that you say that you were going through that because maybe we're the same person because I was (laughs) going through something very similar so I had um 
slipped into a spot of depression, which for me always is triggered by extreme stress. And yeah, we've got there's it's so and there's a bit of extreme stress, not not right at this moment, but maybe go back a month ago and there was. And there was part of me that was like, oh, Kelly, you've written about this on your blog, how, you know, you've managed to set up your life so there's not so much stress in it anymore. And so how are you stressed? You shouldn't be stressed. And I was like, and I was very tempted. So this is what um, Gretchen Rubin in a recent podcast, she was talking about the things that we lie about and how they kind of say something about us, mm-hmm. um, you know, the the things that we hide. And so, yes, I never will outright lie. Like if you say to me or Kelly, you're looking a bit stressed right now, I'll go, yeah, I am. Um, But I lie by omission in like kind of not, unless someone asks me straight out outright, I kind of won't admit to something even though I know that it's there. And, And so I caught myself doing that the other day and I was like, all right, it was after I heard that Gretchen um, podcast and I was like, so what am I lying to myself about right now? And I was mainly lying to myself about the fact that I had it all together because that's kind of like my personal brand is Kelly's got her shit together um, and this is going back you know, long before I had a blog. Like that's always been who I am um, and I've never been one to kind of – so even like years and years ago um, when I was in my worst, worst worst place like only one person knew and that was at because I just nothing that I projected to the rest of the world let people realize that I didn't have it all going on um and so I kind of like that all kind of came back to me last month you know so I was in this depressive hole I wasn't coping very well and I was a bit the same as you I was self-sabotaging so I wasn't eating well I um wasn't exercising as much and just everything like that was a little bit too hard. I was just letting it go through to the keeper because I was like, you know, and I was telling myself the story of like, I just can't deal with right now. So I'm just going to go with, I'm just going to let this stuff go. And yeah, I like what you said about just going, taking the control a bit earlier. So I did a bit the same thing. I was like, okay, Kelly, you know, you can kind of let this keep going or, you can recognize what's happening here and pull it all back. Yeah. Um, but I also felt it was, in, and I did, I did actually pull it all back together, but I felt it was important to kind of let people know how I didn't have my shit together because, and so I wrote a, I wrote a blog post on my blog last week about the five ways I don't have it together right now, just in case there's anybody out there who thinks, yeah, she's always got it all going on. And I think like it is important to let let people know when we don't, you know. And I think it's important to let people know when we're not being consistent. I guess is the the message I'm trying to say here because I say I take great comfort from reading that Sarah Wilson, who is the I Quit Sugar person. I like it when she says, "I I've had to kind of do a bit of a reset because I fell into a hole where I was eating lots of crap again." Yeah. You know, I just felt it was really nice to know that, and I yeah, uh, exactly. And I think you you kind of <clears throat> you you really start to feel better about the fact that you're not keeping it all together all the time when you hear that you know the the 
like quote unquote guru is is also struggling sometimes you know and I think people <laughs> people take that one of two ways yeah they either go ha ah, gotcha you're you're not perfect you're not you're not who you say you are exactly you know <laughs> so the the whole like in Sarah Wilson's case like the whole quit sugar thing is a farce and it doesn't work and blah 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 because even Sarah Wilson can't can't maintain it not true um first of all but that's one reaction that people will have and I think the other one that I find people have in that sort of situation is oh man I'm so glad to hear that like I'm so glad to hear that you struggle because there are going back to your example of of extreme stress and you know you guys have had heaps going on like heaps (laughs) and that's that the fact that you have created a life where stress isn't as big a factor anymore doesn't stop the fact that you've got stressful things happening you know you're you're just you're dealing with them infinitely better than you would have been like even two years ago probably because you've done all that work and you know you've you've eliminated other stresses but it doesn't stop the fact that that sometimes stuff just gets out of hand and it might not be anything that you can do anything about you just have to deal with it the best you can and I think it's really like I'm a big fan of of being transparent in in those kinds of ways and Mm. there's a look there's enough gurus out in the world and I'm not talking like Sarah Wilson here even though I mentioned her as a guru like there are enough people out there who project this like infallible perfect never questioning no self-doubting kind of image they there's enough of them out there and they're human and regardless of what they would have you believe they would still falter um, because they're human I, I really do think that yeah. And it might and I not be faltering that- in the way that you or I would falter, but, um, you know, I think people, people, myself included, just <laughs> feel much, much better about, about our, our attempts to improve certain things when we, when we recognise that, like, it's not all smooth sailing and, you know, sugar-free treats. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think that's the important thing to realize is like, I think it's easy to get caught up ourselves in trying to be absolutely consistent and not recognize that in trying to be absolutely consistent, you're actually trying to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And we all know, hopefully, that trying to be perfect is not the way to be. Um, yeah. It's not a great way to come out live. Mm-hmm. Um and so, yeah, definitely. I so yeah. What I do is I watch my um, kind of response, like when, say, Nicole Avery, who's um, she writes planning with kids, and she has a podcast with with your network, with our yes. network, um, this, this family, family life. life. Yeah. Uh, and so Nick's got older kids than me, but I really look to her not as a guru, but as kind of a and not not as an expert on parenting, but I really value her thoughts on parenting. And I do kind of look at Nick and go, she's got it all going on. Like she's got this all under control. And then when I read something from her where she says, you know, I, you know, it was really struggling with my son, you know, or, you know, she wrote, she sent her an email today actually and she wrote about how, you know, back when he went on year nine camp at that time in her life, she was actually so happy to have a break from him. And he was probably happy to have a break from her. And I was like, wow, that's that's interesting thing to hear because, like, it's just not the picture I have in my head of Nick as a mum. I have it in my head as, you know, she just, she's got five kids and she just 
cruises around her house and, you know, has them all under control and everything's planned and everyone's shiny. And when she writes these emails where she talks about the challenges that she has with maintaining her, like not losing her temper and not doing this and that, like I feel so much more connected to her than I do when I think she's perfect. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really important thing for everyone to remember is that we don't feel connected to people who we perceive as above us and perfect and who have it all going on. And so if you're a person who's trying to make people feel connected to you, like acting only ever sharing the shiny is just not going to, is not going to get that for you. Yeah. Is it? No, I agree. Like I, I really, I think that that's where so much of your connection goes. And I, again, you know, I find every, almost every episode we talk about how things can go too far the other way as well. Yeah. You know, and it could be all about <laughs> airing dirty laundry or, or talking, yeah. t- talking, <laughs> About people in like a less than lovely way or, you know, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I, but I think that there is nothing wrong or weak or, or um, you know, negative to be had in admitting that, like, no, I don't always practice what I preach. No, I don't always live a completely slow and intentional life. Like, no, I don't even live a completely slow and intentional day most of the time. <laughs> I think that goes back again to like the idea of tilting that we spoke about in one of our earlier episodes, you know, and I think if you can look at it from a higher level, like if you can look at it from maybe the point of view of three months time or six months time or a year or even a week, you're going to find that over that longer stretch of time, like you're there most of the time, you're pretty consistent most of the time. And it's those slips and dips and they, they sometimes are what acts to keep you back up on like on the level most of the time. And I think that they do have their their purpose, like you said. Yeah, well, I think they have their purpose in the way that, so say like with, you know, uh, I've had issues with eating my whole life. I love eating. I I just really like it. (laughs) 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 Um, And the way that I've dealt with that in the past is like I did, you know, 30 hours a week of triathlon training. That was a good way of dealing with the fact that I liked eating anything that came past me um, until I wasn't doing it anymore and then I had to figure out a different way to deal with eating. So then I started what I've slipped into now, a pattern I've slipped into now is um, it's eating too much but be, but I'm eating really, really good stuff. Like so I'm eating lots of veggies and, you know, lots of roast veggies and so I think because I'm eating great stuff, I can still eat as much of it as I want and I think it's important to – fall into these patterns of behavior ask ourselves why we're falling back into that pattern that we know is not a great one yeah. and and deal with it and pull back rather than trying to stick to that ultimate consistency of oh, I'm only going to eat this you know these three meals a day and this amount on those meals and I think it yeah I, I mentioned this before early in this episode but yeah I think it it's easy to kind of talk badly to ourselves and berate ourselves for falling backwards falling into a backwards pattern of behavior but I think rather we should look at it as a it's just a good reminder like so okay last month so I released my my second book Practical Perfection earlier this year um, on the 1st of February and then I was just always if you've anyone who's released a book will know you just get this massive book burnout because when you release a book 
you're having to talk about yourself and self-promote, blah, 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 blah. And you just get really, really sick of yourself. Um, so I was talking to an author friend of mine and she was like, and I was saying, I'm feeling like this. And she's like, Kelly, it's just classic book burnout. You know, you just got to give yourself a break. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I'll give myself a break. So what did I do to give myself a break? Last month in May, I went on, I did a write every day in May challenge. <laughs> because I just thought that was a great way to break out of feeling burnt out with writing was to write more (laughs) and this is something that I used to do a lot way back so my coping mechanism going back five or six years was the more under the pump and the more under pressure and the more stressed I was um, my coping mechanism was to do even more Um, and so I look back on that and go you are a nutbag I can't believe that was how you used to (laughs) cope with being stressed and then what did I just do I just did it again last month um and so I today I've just written a post for my website where I'm saying I'm not going to be blogging for the next two months (laughs) because I need to take a break and I wonder like if I hadn't had that really if I hadn't done that really stupid thing last month um would I be taking a break now probably not would I need to take a break now I probably still would Mm. so it's kind of like while this backsliding it's easy for me to go Kelly seriously like what the hell but I I think I kind of needed to do that backslide last month to almost justify in my mind okay you need to stop stop for a couple of months give yourself a break. I've got a big couple of months I've got like three speaking engagements I'm Got to go away. Um, got to go away. My dad's birthday. We're going to Bali for his birthday. That's going to be lovely. But it, it's still a pressure thing because it takes you away for work from work for a week. And then of course we're trying to finish off our bloody house. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys going to be so happy when we moved into our house? You don't have to hear about it anymore. <laughs> I know I will. I know I can't wait to stop talking about it. But yeah, so get this house finished and then actually move into it. So all that's probably, all that's going to be happening in hopefully the next two months. So, yeah, I think it's good timing to go. Something has to give. My brain is going to explode because, yeah, that was writing. I wrote 20 blog posts last month for something I'm going to turn into a book. Um, And that was how I justified it, by the way. I'm like, oh, I can turn this into a book. (laughs) This is why this is a great idea. Um, But literally my brain is mush. Yeah. Um, that I don't know if you've noticed that talking to me today. If this if this podcast seems a little less coherent than normal, I blame it on that. Um, so yeah, I, and I guess the whole point of what I'm trying to make here is yes, like embrace those backslides because they're really really useful reminders about why you don't do something. Yeah, I agree. They're a bu- they're they're a, <laughs> a very <laughs> hard to miss reality check. I think when yeah. you you find yourself like elbow deep in Tim Tams. You're like, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) How did I get here? Oh, yes. (laughs) But the important thing is like, yeah, uh, the thing that I always give myself credit for is that I pick things up so much earlier now. Totally. Than I like, I don't know, if I go back five years, I spent 18 months being extreme, in extreme stress and overwhelm, like 18 months. Yeah. How does that even happen? Now I'll have two weeks of extreme stress and overwhelm before I before I actually do something about it, which I think is a fairly significant um, 
improvement. It's a big improvement, Cal. <laughs> I'll take that. I you think should. that's. No, I, no, I agree. I agree. It's just it's the awareness, and I think we keep coming back to this awareness thing. But I, I think it's got so much, so much to offer. If you're able to develop this self awareness, you can start to pick up on this kind of stuff way before it becomes such a you know a massive problem. Yeah, before it becomes before it starts. Um, messing with your health exactly. and your relationships and I think that they're probably the most important things that I look at these days so yes I do backslide and I am inconsistent because nobody can be consistent all the time um, but I catch things before they start yeah messing with my health and messing with my relationships because really those are the two most important things to me in life. Thank you for listening to this episode of Let It Be. If you want to connect with Kelly or myself, you can find us on social media. Kelly is at Kelly Exeter on Twitter. And on Facebook, if you search for A Life Less Frantic, you will find her there. And on uh, Twitter, I'm at Brooke McCallery. And on Facebook, I'm at Slow Your Home. And uh, if you wanted to either reach out to us on Twitter, you can use hashtag Let It Be Pod. Or uh, head over to letitbe.fm and you can find our show notes and other information about the show. And finally, if you wanted or felt, you know, the desire to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, that would be wonderful. And, um, you know, we, we read them all and we appreciate you taking the time to listen and then uh, tell us what you think. Jackrabbit FM. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.